Rod. I went to Arizona State. Rod. I'm a Sun Devil, man. State of the Sun Devils from Arizona Sports with Jesse Morrison, Jeremy Schnell, and Jake Anderson. Hello and welcome into a post-game edition of State of the Sun Devils alongside Jake Anderson and Jesse Morrison. I'm Jeremy Schnell. We're here at Sun Devil Stadium after ASU loses against Utah again today. The second loss in a row and their second loss in a row to Utah as well after last year being up 17-0 at halftime. Today it was a little bit different than last year's game. Uh, Utah took the lead in the first quarter and they never looked back from there. Um, Sean Aquano's first game as the head coach here at Arizona State. Uh, unfortunate that he had to, it had to be in a defeat, but I just want to get your guys' thoughts as to how you thought he handled his first game. Yeah, so it's actually their third loss in a row if we're going back to uh, Oklahoma State, so three losses in a yeah, row. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it, it wasn't so much the, the glaring aspect of, like, we, we expected them to lose this game, right? We, we didn't think ASU was going to come out and, and upset Utah. We thought maybe there could have been a chance with a new coach and what well, we've seen how schools have uh, rebounded when there's a change at the top. But they just got completely outmatched, completely outcoached, completely outplayed. I mean, it, there was really, at no point of the game did we really think ASU was in this ball game. Maybe when Tamarcus Davis had his interception and they had some momentum going, but I mean, Utah just flat out showed why they are the defending Pac-12 champions and why they are ranked 13th, and they might move up after the this weekend's poll. Yeah, and only one loss this season for Utah, and that can help them help propel them into a Pac-12 championship game and maybe even the college football playoff. One loss teams do get into the college football playoff. Jesse, again, uh, let's. I just wanted to ask you about Sean Aguano's first game. Yeah, you know, it, it was it was a decent performance given the circumstances, I think. I thought they played a little bit better than they did last week. I'll get more nitpicky into what I, you know, think they should change going forward, you know, later on in the podcast. But, you know, I, I think that, uh, it, you know, I liked the locking arms heading out of the tunnel. That was something that they did. Um, you know, I, I thought they were – there were some bad penalties, but not as much as we've seen. So – it definitely looked like they cared a little bit more tonight, which I thought was was cool. But as far as like a, a game as a whole, it, it was they, it was like a tiny little increase from how they played against Eastern Michigan. Yeah, and I thought the run defense was a little better today, even though they did get outrun today on on the ground, but pretty handily. Utah was great on the run, in the run defense. Um, We'll talk about that a little later in the podcast when it comes to Valade and Ngata. Um, but I, I just want to get your guys' take on what you saw from Emory Jones today. He was a little, in, in, from my what I saw, I thought he was a little inaccurate. He threw behind his receivers again today. Um, it was, you know, the, the two picks, the first pick wasn't uh, totally his fault, but the second pick, he, he's got to hit. He, he's got to hit Swinson there. I mean, he, he's wide open in the end zone. you got to put that on him. He, he, he did say in the press conference, I know you guys were, were there as well, that um, he was a little rushed there, and that's probably why that was thrown a little behind Swinson at the end of the day. But uh, unfortunate game for Emory Jones uh, today, Jesse. Yeah, and you know, you said he was a little inaccurate. I thought he was a lot inaccurate. Um, you know, he threw it over the head of his receiver a lot. The interceptions were not great, especially the first one. The second one, yeah, he was under pressure a little bit. Kind of just stepped back, threw it off of his back foot. 
Um, you know, I, I thought that his running was okay, but not that great. Um, you know, he took some big hits again. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just, it just doesn't seem like he can make the plays for this team that they need. And, you know, I think that, you know, he needs to really show that he can be the starting quarterback for this team going forward, because if he struggles again next week, I think they really, really need to look at Paul Tyson, Trenton Bourget, even in that game, uh, next week, uh, going forward. And because, you know, he just did not play well tonight. Yeah, so he threw 21 of 36 at the 58% clip, um, which in college is not very good. Um, yeah, he missed on some of his touch throws. He missed on some of his deeper throws. Um, and I think because on two of the first three plays of the game he got sacked, there was that non-targeting reviewed call where he just took a lick. And he got hit a total of seven times, but that doesn't include him rushing. Um I need to say this. This was a six-yard total rushing performance from ASU. That is the fewest yards in a single game in ASU history. Now, there is a little caveat to that. In college football, a sack does go against your rushing yards. So five sacks for minus 45 yards. But still, if you look at the overall, it was X and Daniel Nagata got a combined nine or ten carries in the whole game. Right? I mean... When a team that's trying to establish a run game when you're a big underdog, I mean, even though it's no longer a Herm coach team, that's how an underdog has to play. They never got going in the run game. They were constantly behind the chains, and it just kind of went right into Utah's hands. I mean, everything that Utah could have wanted, they got. And I think it just started from the get-go that this Utah defense set the tone early. They were coming after Emory Jones. The offensive line could not do it. Uh, running backs could not do it. it just overall, the both Aguano and Emory Jones said, They've got to play better protection all around. And even Emory Jones admitted he did not play well tonight. Yeah, and, and going off of that, you know, this team's supposed to establish the run. That's what we want to see. They came out three straight passes to start the game, which puzzled me a little bit. And then going back to Emory Jones, it just seems like a lot of times he, when he doesn't have his first read there, he'll just kind of hang in the pocket too long. And I think with a kind of suspect offensive line at the moment, he takes that ends up leading to the sacks and so while I think that it's mostly on the offensive line it is a little bit on Emory so I think that's something that he needs to clean up moving forward as well I also think that we have to take a look at what Aguano had to do this week as well because he usually was just the running backs coach so he had to go around and look at all of the other position groups as well and talk to those guys so he didn't get to focus on what he usually focuses on and I think that may have a little bit of an impact on what we saw today in the running game don't get me wrong I thought Ngata and Valade when they got the ball I think they did pretty well uh I we talked earlier in the week to the Utah Utes beat writer over at their uh, rivals site and he was telling us that ASU were, was able to get to the edge and run on the outside. I mean, that is a weakness of Utah, and we didn't really see that too much today. There was one run that Valaday was able to break off for 10 to 15 yards, I think, but that was about it in the running game, and it forced ASU to you know, continue to, to try and find open receivers, and when Emory got out of the pocket, he would try and get those throws on the sideline as well that you know where players would have to get their feet in bounds, and there was a couple times where it was either over the receiver's head or the receiver couldn't quite get their feet down. So that happened as well. It, it was just a perfect storm of things happening to where you know Emory did say he didn't play well, but there were also other 
things involved in that? I, I think the biggest stat, and it's not even a stat, it's just kind of the the takeaway I had was it took until the fourth quarter for ASU's offense by itself to cross midfield. The three times that they had previously crossed midfield came off of kick returns yeah. that got them to midfield and then to Marcus Davis's uh, interception at midfield. ASU only scored three points off of those. Sorry, excuse me, six points off of those off two field goals. I mean, you can't come up empty when you're getting the best field position of the night and you're not even getting into the red zone. It, it was just the offense completely struggled. And, and to go back to Iguano, I mean, like you said, uh, for the post game, this was a long week for these guys. I mean, you're dealing with a head coach change. Everything's going to change. Practice was new. But they all did say that they felt that this was the best week of practice they had had. It might just be one of those you just played a damn good team. Um, the only problem is is you're playing another one next week in USC. And then another one the week after. <laughs> exactly. I was going to say that. Uh, but uh, I did want to talk about a little bit of the positives just to kind of go off on a tangent here. Uh, Carter Brown has a boot. That kid looks like Sundays to me. Like he's going to be he's going to be in, a, in an NFL uniform. Like he's missed one kick so far this year and his kicks tonight weren't short ones. So I just want to point out how good he is. Hope we can get him on the pod soon because, uh, you know, he, he seems like someone that would be would be great to talk to. But yeah, that was a positive. And then I did want to say and I think I think I kind of touched on this earlier. Defense played a little bit better. They needed to get off the field on third down, but as far as just compared to last week, they weren't just absolutely gashed by a far, you know, uh, less superior opponent. Like last week, they were they they played better against the number thirteen team in the country as far as the run defense goes than they did against Eastern Michigan. So that's a positive to me. Um, you know, I don't know. Okay, I don't know if this team's going to win another game, but that's a positive. <laughs> it only gave up 205 yards rushing today to the 250-plus yards that they gave up to just one guy last week, who, by the way... Baby uh, steps. Who, by the way, only got like 50 yards rushing today uh, for Eastern Michigan, who lost to Buffalo, giving them their first win of the season. Um, anyway, uh, back to ASU. There were more. There were less penalties today, but still a couple of personal fouls that you're like man if those didn't happen that would be because it gave them the field position that they needed to continue uh, that Utah needed to continue to drive down the field at one point and then after uh, Elijah Badger fumbled he gave up a 15-yard penalty as well and that led to another Utah score um, so the, the personal fouls they, they need to address that 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 needs to get fixed because if they continue to do stuff like that it'll lead to scoring plays for the other team um the other penalties not too terrible there were a couple of legal motion and illegal shift penalties as well today but other than that i thought it was fine yeah from a discipline standpoint i thought it was fine like you said just a few you know uncharacteristic or misfortunate plays but at, at that point i mean the one that really sticks out to me was it was in the first half they had crossed midfield and it took out a 20 yard gain and sent them backwards but all the other ones, the game was kind of out of reach. Um, I do want to say, on the defensive side, we do need to say that Roe Torrance, both the Markham brothers, and Omar Norman Lott did not play. They were all game-time decisions coming in, and that doesn't include uh, Ed Woods, who was already listed as injured. So you're talking about four or five key defensive players, and like the score may not say it, the yardage may not say it, but this ASU defense played their hearts out tonight, and they did get off the field on third down, 
I shouldn't say get off the field. They they stopped them on third down, only five for fifteen. But the problem is, is Utah went three for four on fourth down, with one of those being just a hell of a touchdown grab over to Marcus Davis. Um, and the only time that they did stop him on fourth down was when it was, I believe, it was thirty-one to six in the late third quarter. So the game was already kind of over at that point. So even when Utah didn't convert, they knew they had a fourth opportunity, and they they took advantage of it and they capitalized. Yeah, and, and we talked earlier in the week on our. Um on our episode leading up to this game, how we wanted to see some of the linebackers step up today, and I thought Kyle Soley and Merlin Robinson both did a good job today. I believe uh, Soley had something like 12 tackles and Robinson had nine, so they got a little involved, and then obviously Silvera, he was really good up front trying to just stop that Utah uh, rush run game. I think they did a much better job this week, obviously not giving up 250 yards to just one guy, um, only giving up 205 yards in the, um, in the game in total. Um, next week, Jesse, they have to play against USC. Then they got to play against Washington. It just doesn't get easier. Where Do you see another win for this ASU team this year? You know, I think that they're going to have one more win. I don't know who it's going to be against. Luckily, they don't have to go to Corvallis, which I was being <laughs> annoying in the press box tonight saying you don't want to go to Corvallis as USC was struggling with the Beavers. But luckily, they don't. The, 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 the 2014 ASU team will tell you that as well. Yeah, a lot of ASU teams will tell you that you don't want to go to Corvallis. Corvallis, not a good place. No matter what time of year you go, apparently, according to USC tonight. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, it's either going to be Oregon State or Colorado. One of those two. I think they'll get a win. But I think we're looking at 2 and 10. Uh- also, the U of A game, possibly. U of A does not look good right now after that San Diego State victory. And, yeah, I will, I will say U of A also because that's the game that everyone's going to have the most heart for. What is your thoughts on, the, on this topic, Jake? Well, I should mention that USC did win. They did pull it out. So a victory is a victory when we were looking at the standings. Um, and then ASU, it's looking like... Colorado and U of A, I mean, they're the only ones you can really look at and say this team has a chance to win those games. Um, obviously, U of A losing to Cal today. But it's one of those where we heard them talk about it. You're going to have to take everything one day at a time, one week at a time. Because if you look at it and go, hey, when are we going to win our next game? It's almost like, why do you even show up? So they're going to, they're football players. They're Some of them are going to be professionals. They're going to know what to do. It's just... This is the team that we were unsure about coming in, and I think our biggest fears of what this team is is becoming a reality now and that we don't know if they're going to reach that four mark. And I'll admit it, I was wrong. They're not as good as I thought they were. But, hey, who knows? Maybe Iguano can do something in the next couple of weeks to, after this gauntlet, they can maybe start competing against the lesser teams in the pack because right now they're playing the cream of the crop. Speaking of the cream of the crop, uh, Jeremy did say that USC is going to lose next week. I'm going to die on this hill. This this is how we're going to end this episode this week. ASU pulls off the upset next week against (laughs) Williams and USC. I I think they storm in to to Southern California and and beat them at the Coliseum, Jesse. I'm telling you. I, I think it happens next week. I, I, I think they're going to get all the adjustments in this week that, that they need to. And, and you know, all, ASU always wins a game that they're not supposed to. I think this is just the perfect storm. Next week is it. It's the week, Jesse. If ASU beats 
USC next week. I will jump into a pool. I don't know what pool. Someone's going to have to find me one with all of my clothes on. That'll do it for this edition of Don't State of the, the Lunch. You still owe us. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. But I'll also I will hold, hold on. Actually, hold on. Yeah. I need I need to talk about that real quick because Jake said that he needs to add guac to his. Uh, yeah, yeah, he said he needs to add guac to his meal. I never agreed to. I never agreed to add uh, a, a limit on. He's our, putting a budget on it, and it's ten bucks. I, I never said that I was going to. It, it doesn't have to be 10 bucks, but I never said I was going to uh, do any add ons here. Yeah, that's enough. All right, that'll do it for this edition of State of the Sun Devils. ASU falls to Utah today, 34 to 13. Next week, they have USC, and then the week after, right back here against Washington. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at AZ Sports Devils, and then over on ArizonaSports.com, you can check out Jake's articles and always pregame and postgame. Jeff Munn, he always shouts us out. We'll shout him out as well. Thank Thank you, Jeff. We'll uh, we'll see you on Monday, and uh, we'll talk to you, everyone, next week.